the 250 main, Ezra Luck, number 11, out of Bainbridge, Georgia, on the Team Kawasaki in second place, Chad Reed, number 22, on the Yamaha, and they have been battling for the better part of 16 laps. Ricky Carmichael has slid into fourth, Tim Ferry maintains third for the time being. Look at the lead. Ezra opening it up a little bit. One lap ago, making the move to lead right there in that corner. Network production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Welcome to the Leanne Re Raceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weed revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Liat Re-Raceables podcast, uh, also presented by the folks at Maxis and Blenzall. Love doing these and uh, love to do this one as well. We are going to do Phoenix 2003. It, it was a really cool race, uh, uh, really, really neat to talk about, and a very unexpected winner. Ezra Lusk, Factory Kawasaki's Ezra Lusk, will join us on the show later on to talk about it as well. But, of course, I'm Steve Mathis. With me to break this thing down, uh, Phoenix 03, it's Jason Wagon. What's up, Weege? Yeah. Good. This is a good one. This is good. Uh, it, it's good. The, the race itself is a phenomenal battle, but I also like its positioning with how surprising it was. This was round two of 2003, and Ricky Carmichael was the dominant champion. You thought maybe some of these Yamaha guys, one of them who you know very well, maybe some of these guys might be able to challenge him. But I don't know where Ezra Lusk was on the depth chart coming into the year, and then Ezra struggles at the first race of the year. So for him to just come out and beat everybody straight up yeah. at round two, to me, is one of the more surprising wins uh, ever. I, I remember when I first heard that he won, and I was like, what? Are you talking about a heat race? Like, what? <laughs> what? Um, now, I was going to ask you, so you weren't there. No, I was actually yep. hosting the uh, GNCC banquet that night, which I, this was January, right? So banquet usually sometimes comes November, December for some reason. I think the results were so screwed up in GNCC that we had to push the banquet back. And uh, our old buddy, Mike Farber, FUBAR, you remember him well? Yep. Uh, I call him and I'm like, what happened? And he's like, Ezulus, one. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, Lusk went through the LCQ, barely made the main. The first week of the year. Yeah. And then he wins the uh, main, this one. He's like, Ezra Luff, man, beat Chavez straight up. And, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was yeah. really surprised. So, 03, he won. They said it's his first win since 99. Which, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, right. I'm like, what? Like, I, I, you know, Yogi had a couple dry years there with injuries and shoulders and stuff. and But 99? <laughs> yeah, so adding to the shock, like, hadn't won in four years, uh, goes to the LCQ of the opener, and then just... Beats everybody straight up around yeah. you. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting for sure. Uh, I was there. I was a mechanic for uh, Tim Ferry, which will, I'm sure will make an appearance uh, uh, All right. later on. Uh, but, yeah, this was, uh, this was at Bank One Ballpark, which was, I think, the second or third year in the new ballpark. That's a really cool stadium. It's, it still is. Uh, we're, we're, we go to Glendale now, but 
I, I'd be 100% fine with going back to Bank One, uh, Chase Field, yep. Bank One, whatever it is. Really cool stadium. Always a great track. Yeah, it really was cool. Uh, and uh, the the dirt. I feel like Phoenix these days. I don't know if it's because they moved to a different stadium or what it is. Now it has like really good dirt. When you look back in the 90s and 2000s races in Phoenix, regardless of what stadium it is in, it truly was Phoenix. Like, it was desert, dry, dirt. Uh, so I, I thought it's kind of cool to see something that different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dirt was gnarly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, also, hey, before we get too far into this, thank you, Liat. Different people ride for different reasons, yet there is a common denominator that binds everyone who puts their body in the line for the sheer enjoyment of it. And this is what Liat offers as a brand. They make protective gear, helmets, goggles, riding gear, knee braces, boots, neck braces, of course, uh, covering riders from head to toe for both moto and mountain bike. But what Liat really stands for is a promise of things to come. They are in the business of making sure that you have the confidence and the equipment to put yourself faster, harder, and further than you thought you could go. Visit them at Liat.com. Uh, if you want the Flexlot boots, you want the uh, uh, Liat 9.5 helmets, Velocity goggles. They've got a lot of things going on over at Liat. And uh, so please check that out if you want a discount. From the folks at Liat, email us using the contact form on pulpamex.com. We'll pass it on, and uh, you can get a little bit of a discount from buying from Liat. So thanks to those guys for coming on board, and of course, Maxis and Blends all. all. Uh, I'm excited to have Yogi on. He doesn't do a ton of media, not because of any reasons. He just he's one of those guys that you know doesn't look for the the spotlight. But dude, Yogi was good. <laughs> I, I almost feel bad for him because I look back. This is this is the parallel. We all know that, say, Charles Barkley was a great basketball player, right? But his prime, I think he's the exact same age as Michael Jordan. So, like, good luck, Barkley, Patrick Ewing, all the guys of that era in the NBA, right? Because you're against Michael Jordan. And I feel that way with Lusk. Like, oh, he'd win races. He'd go super fast. And for one reason or another, he wouldn't win the Supercross title. And now I look back and I'm like, yeah, he didn't win the title because it was Jeremy McGrath in his prime. If you were the... Second best, and I don't mean a distant second, like he could beat Jeremy in races. If you could beat him a lot and then finish second in points, you were a bad dude. I would actually say, I'm not going to name names, Steve, but do you think Ezra Lusk was better at Supercross than some riders that did win the Supercross title? I think so. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. You don't want to shit on other people's titles or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but right, yeah, right. Yogi, peak Yogi. Was damn good. Peak Yogi. Peak <laughs> was, Yogi was damn good. He just had to go against Peak McGrath. Yeah, yeah. And and I <laughs> yeah. always I got I always got that story of uh, so 03 Cowie, he wins Phoenix, then 04, he gets let go, then 04, he comes to Mach 1 Yamaha, he gets old, year-old works Yamaha parts, uh, I'm at Factory Yamaha still, so he's riding a year-old stuff, forks and, and shocks and stuff like that, and he's as fast as Chad at the test track many, many days. Many days, and of course, yeah, I know it all goes sideways. Wigs back, right? Yeah, it all goes sideways, you know, with um, uh, injuries and whatever. But uh, yes, uh, pure raw speed. Yeah, yeah, he could go up against. I think anyone ever. Like I'd put the pure raw speed and and certain nights, like what we're going to talk about here in 03. I mean, he beats Chad Reed straight up, and this is Chad Reed. Uh, it might not be. I don't know if this is. I don't know if we'll say 03 is the best Chad Reed because he doesn't win the title that year. But pure speed wise. And how good Chad was. I mean, you were there at the test tracks. I mean, Chad was hauling ass at the beginning of 03. And Ezra just handles him in this one. Yeah, yep, yep, absolutely. It's uh, It was really, really cool uh, to see there and be there that night. And 125 class, of course, we're stuck in the vortex of James Stewart at this point still. Uh, <laughs> Bubba Stewart is, is he's so much better than everybody. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, don't forget the uh, specter of... Of Travis Preston, who 
it's one of the more puzzling things. Travis Preston takes no gruff from James Stewart. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not only does Preston win some races against Stu, but there are other races where you're like, damn it all. Preston's not that far behind him. Like, what was going on with Travis, Travis Preston from like 02, 03, 04 and the Factory Connection team? He was really good. He like, was really good. good. And he yeah. was too big for that damn bike, too. Good God. I know. <laughs> I know. Monster on the bike. And uh, yeah, he would give Stu a run uh, at times. So, yeah. But we all knew basically it was just. Stu is going to pile up one race win after another until he uh, moved to the big class. Yeah. So, yeah, in 03, yeah. it was just like, yeah, Stu's going to win. Yeah, yeah, yep. it was uh, it was something else to watch for sure. Um, yeah. Ricky had a tough start too. Ricky was uh, – this was a tough race for Ricky. Crashes uh, in the heat, crashes in the main, and, of course, the the weekend before he'd crash in Anaheim. So, RC, you know, a little, little slow to get going. Well, look, you have insider information on this. Um, did – did anyone at Yamaha, because you guys, you're, you guys, I'll say you guys, your team, Chad and Timmy were really on it at the beginning of the year. DV, not quite as much, but he was pretty good. Did you feel that Ricky was vulnerable? Because these first couple rounds, he's merely good, but he's certainly not great. Yeah, I, I, totally. I mean, his he couldn't get through whoops, you know. He was a yeah. little bit sketchy, a little wild, right? Um, yep. Yeah, I don't... a lot. Yeah, I don't feel like... I, look, Ricky has all these titles and everything else, but Supercross didn't come easy to him. It didn't. It, look at his win record. Look at you know, uh, look at the stats. You know, but he—I mean—he's got the titles, so hey, he's got them. But yeah, they yeah. weren't easy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is not the most people are probably thinking of 2002 when he crashes out of Anaheim completely and doesn't finish and comes all the way back to win the title. This next year, he gets second at the opener after crashing but not as violently. And then, yes, in this main, he's behind Chad and Ezra, and he tucks the front, just crashes on his own, and uh, doesn't even finish on the podium, which leaves a spot on the box. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, good start for Tim Ferry. Uh, good start to the year. Uh, on the four-stroke, we know that 04. I was going to ask. This was the four-stroke. <laughs> this, this was the four-stroke. Uh, okay. Things were good okay. at this point. And uh, and that was actually uh, this was 03, 02 at the ball at the Bank One ballpark. Not me as mechanic was when his carburetor fell off and he ended up in the ICU for a few days with ribs and internal injuries. So Timmy had a bit of a uh, uh, you know a bit of a uh, a breakout of coming away from the stadium, I guess, a little bit uh, from the year before. So well, this is what I'm trying to figure out. So. Which year did you have the one race where he got on a two-stroke and then went back? What, was that 04? That was 04, I believe. Okay, uh, so 04, here's where I'm so confused. Oh, wait, when, when, does, yes. when do we sweep the podium? 04, opener? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. Yep. Okay, so 04, uh, sweep the podium. Oh, man. Here's where now, I'm confused. But yeah, I thought it was a two-stroke. this two question stroke. for me. Okay. Here, here's, what I wanna, here's what I cannot understand about your metamorphosis, and you were there with Timmy on this. He starts on the four-stroke. He's one of the earlier guys on it. And then as time goes by, I'm thinking, well, they're just going to get better and better with that bike. But instead, it starts going the other way until eventually he tries a two-stroke once and then eventually is back on the two-stroke full-time as the years go by. How come it was going the wrong direction here? I don't understand that. <laughs> well, because we were having problems at Yamaha keeping the carburetors on the bikes in Supercross. For years. For yes. years. So it wasn't so much like, hey, I think the super, I think the four-stroke sucks and I'm better on a two-stroke. It was like, hey, man, we got problems with the four-stroke. I got to get on a two-stroke. You know, it wasn't. Okay. Yeah. 
it was safety, reliability, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. man, I am so confused right now because I mean, it, we're taking away from 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 Yogi's race here, but I don't know what year it was where I spent all night at the shop building a two-stroke, like till two in the morning, and then he went out on press day with it. Liked yes. it, and then he crashed in the main event and hurt his internal injuries. And I don't know if that's oh four oh five. I cannot remember. Uh, that would have been oh four because oh five was pretty much a disaster year from the start, right? With the wrist. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, there we go. Okay. So oh two oh three is four stroke all year. Oh four was the one night only experiment with the two stroke, which ended in disaster because he flew over a berm and crumpled <laughs> oh, into the corner of where the where the entrance was. Yep. And then oh five, he was supposed to be on a two stroke all year, right? But just barely got to race. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that there we go. Yeah. So oh five oh five was two stroke, and he made it. Uh, I don't know half the season or something. What it was just yeah. a disaster. Um, but listen, uh, thanks to Liet, thanks to Maxis, thanks to Blenzall for making this happen. Um, we got lots to talk about when it comes to Phoenix. Oh uh, three. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's bring in Ezra Yogi Lusk for the Liet Reraceable, shall we, Weej? Yeah. Let's do it. Here he is, the man who won Phoenix 03. Uh, happy to have him on the line. Former Honda factory rider, Yamaha factory rider, Suzuki factory rider, and uh, and Kawasaki as well. Yogi Lusk, what's up, Ezra? How are you, man? I'm doing great. What's up with y'all? Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. I hope I hope all is well. All is good right now, man. Real good. Good to hear. So, hey, Lee at Re-Raceables podcast, Wygan and I, we, we break this podcast down. We, we, we take one race, and we talk about it for an hour. And uh, this is the one. Wygan actually picked this one, Phoenix 03, your last win uh, in the USA. And uh, what a night for you. What do you remember, Phoenix 03? Uh, we watched it, and uh, let's see what you how much you remember. Well, I mean, it, it was not a super exciting race just because uh, – me and Chad, well, me, Chad, and Ricky actually got out together in the main event, and then Ricky tucked his front wheel, obviously, going in that first turn. So it just kind of left me and Chad to just uh, play a little cat and mouse the whole night. Uh, but, I mean, it was, it was a really fun race, but it was one of those tracks that really didn't, uh, wasn't really like a really good passable racing-type track. Mm -hmm. and so we just kind of, you know, played the little lap time game and just rode together really for – I don't know, maybe 18 laps before Chad made a little mistake over this little triple thing out of a corner. And uh, I got mine, and that was pretty much it, really. But, uh, you know, the day for me, it was kind of the start of my season because I had a bad first round. And uh, I believe that was the second round, right, Phoenix? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it was kind of, for me, it was kind of trying to get the thing started, you know, and uh, Chad was kind of established and uh you know i had kind of been cold for a long time so you know i had a point to prove but uh you know when you're racing somebody like chad like i never really had any kind of ill will toward chad i never really had there was really never any kind of emotions you know not, not like in mcgrath or somebody like that so it was just kind of ride around <laughs> hang with chad try to save some energy and wait for uh either lappers or mistake now in the heat race you led the whole way into the end and Chad got you in the heat race. So you returned the yeah. favor in the, uh, in the main event, but you know, it was a, uh, it was a rough Anaheim one for you. Like you said, do you remember being like stressed about a one or being worried or did you guys make changes? Uh, Randy Lawrence's course was your mechanic. Was it, was it a sense of like, Oh shit, like I'm better than this at a one. 
Well, you know, it's it was kind of a, a long story before even A1 happened. Like, uh, you know, going back to when I was at Honda, um, I should have stayed at Honda, but Kawasaki said, you know, 03, they were going to come out with a brand new bike. There's going to be all this. It's going to be great. The greatest thing since sliced bread. And, you know, all through the off season, I kind of realized that it, the new bike wasn't. And uh, we'd kind of done everything we could. And it just, one of my strongest points in Supercross was the whoops. And uh, I just didn't feel like I could be myself in the whoops. So I kind of knew it was going to be a long Supercross season. And, uh, so a one got me and then after phoenix going back to anaheim the whoops were really big and like it just i just couldn't ride it in the in the whoops luckily phoenix ended up being jumpers you know they mm-hmm. were kind of short and i think maybe chad was a little quicker than me in that short set of whoops in the heat races but uh by the main event when it came around they ended up being jumpers so i mean i was good with it you know you could still obviously have some of the guys try to do that nowadays in the main events you know that aren't exactly strong in the whoops and uh so i kind of use that to my advantage but yeah chad got me in the heat but mm-hmm. unfortunately for chad he got the start in that in that main event so it was just kind of like you just get a chance to follow and you know and uh just kind of mimic everything he does you know because you know chad's not going to go slow so i felt like if i could kind of weather the storm of the, the early sprint laps then i would be good at the end of it because i knew i was in shape mm-hmm um, I remember uh, you, you probably don't know this I, I, because of the uh, Georgia connection with all the DMXS guys and everything I remember hanging out with them before 03 season and somebody that went to your track or saw you ride they're like he's trying so hard with the whoops the amount of yeah. times that Ezra has tested and tried <laughs> and then they're like he's coming out at Anaheim one way do you see how good he is and then that wasn't so good but then obviously it turned but you yeah. were really putting in an effort from what I heard for 03 yeah, I mean, I really was. I mean, I was a no two, but I kind of knew what I was up against. I mean, I, you know, I was, you know, friends with Ricky growing up, and I kind of knew how hard Ricky had to ride that that Kawasaki, in you know those years and his this first early years in the 250 class on that thing. So, what I was up against, I was really kind of hoping 03 would be a little bit different. But yeah, I mean, I rode at Shea Bentley's track a whole lot. He had a really good Supercross track. You know, just man trying everything i could but it really got me uh a little bit confused at, at testing suspension and i used to be pretty <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do remember you being really good in the whoops i don't remember oh three like not working for you in the whoops or whatever i don't quite remember that but i yeah generally speaking you hammered the whoops right um yeah so that, well i was yeah. afraid of them you know and uh but once you well, you know once you can never really get a feel again or, or at least i feel for a while then it just kind of wears on you and uh you know, because even even though that that Honda that I rode there for a while, I mean, it was it'd reach up and get you every once in a while, but that thing would hammer the whoops. You know, I mean, yeah. it was so strong in the whoops. Now you said you should have stayed at Honda for O three. So what uh, what or happened? O two or O two? Yep. Yeah. What? Yeah. What happened? Uh, I don't know if you want to go back that far. I mean, it. <laughs> I just I don't know. I felt like I needed some change. Okay. But uh, I guess. I mean, I'm never afraid to admit anything, but I just, you know, you know, hindsight 2020. I mean, it, it uh, the grass wasn't green on the other side. I mean, Honda did everything they possibly could for me. I mean, they were just the best team ever, and I just, you know, had my greatest memories there. But I just felt like uh, I needed to change, I guess. But 
you know, and I should have stayed. Mm-hmm. But they uh, they they would have kept you. Like you had an offer. They 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 wanted to stay on board Honda. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they were bringing Ricky on, but they they for sure said I you know they wanted me to stay. So I mean, it was no it was no big deal. I mean, I've been at other teams where like uh, you know back you know at Yamaha there Mathis in '97. Uh, you know, we had uh, myself, Kevin, D- John Dow, Doug Henry, and going into 98, they honestly really didn't even make me an offer because, you know, Kevin was kind of the next big deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, and 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 uh, Chris Doug was, was winning races. So I w- the Honda thing just kind of fell in my lap, actually, after, you know, Jeremy's situation happened. I'm not sure re- exactly what happened there, but after he left Honda and uh, – so that whole deal fell in my lap, but yeah, I mean, I should have never left. I should have stayed there, and I should have kind of been my home because they, like I said, man, they, they never ever treated me wrong. So, go ahead, Weech. Um, so in this '03, uh, not only do you win after struggling at the opener, but yep. uh, they actually say you hadn't won since '99. So did that all sink in at one point? Like, hey, I haven't won in four years. Like that's a pretty big deal. Did that sink in for you at one point? Well, you know, as the day went, like, I, you know, uh, going into the first round, like, I, I never started out the day the way I needed to. Like, right off the bat, first practice, nothing really ever worked out. Like, I just I could never get a good feel. So, going into to Phoenix, I knew the very first practice, like, I needed to go out there. I needed to be out front. I needed to just work out whatever I needed to work out and uh, just try to just deal with the bike and not, not let it stress me out. And... Uh, First practice went good. Second practice went good. Obviously, like Steve said, the first heat race went good. I mean, getting passed by Chad was no big deal because, you know, Chad was no slouch. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so, I mean, it, I, I just kind of kept my eye on the end of the night, just, you know, the main event. And still at that point, I'm not thinking I, I had a chance of winning. I just wanted to kind of be in the mix. I wanted to race with Chad. I wanted to race with Ricky. And, uh you know, and if I could, I wanted to stay with Mathis and his his rider. You know, <laughs> well, I was gonna say like the checkers flew early because the 15 was coming in Phoenix 03, and we needed we needed another 30 laps. I think we might have got you guys. I know it. I know it. So you know, I never really thought about winning the race. I just kind of wanted to be in that in that fighting fighting for the win pitcher because that's you know as professional athletes, that's all you want to do is just compete. You know, and uh, but then, you know, I kind of jumped out there, and like I said, I weathered the storm of Chad's early sprint laps and just mm-hmm. kind of stayed with him. And then uh, got a little tense there when we started catching lappers, but, uh, you know, yeah, Chad Chad kind of not being able to pull the trigger on that little, well, it wasn't little, it's was a pretty gnarly little triple-up thing before the finish. Right. Um, he messed up a little bit and wasn't able to do that thing, and I squirted in there and just kind of did a little block pass and – you know, hung on for I think two more laps, and that was it. That's all did, she wrote. Did you? Uh, didn't you jump in the pool? Am I thinking of somebody else at Bank One? Did you jump? No, in the, did Randy jump in the pool? I think maybe Randy did. Yeah, I think Randy yeah. jumped in the pool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Randy did. I think maybe it was uh, something he had done before, or or was that our first year there? No, no, it was. Uh, Might have been a second or third year there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe he had done it somewhere else another team so interesting yogi so like yeah if chad doesn't screw up there maybe maybe he can't make the pass like you said because it was kind of follow the leader a little bit right yeah i mean it really was yeah. i mean honestly if chad hadn't made that little mistake my only hope really was laughers because mm-hmm. 
you know, I wasn't really going to pull anything like I'd pulled before with, with Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Chad, we never was really like that with each other. So, I, uh, you know, the door wasn't open. I just, you know, I mean, those corners, man, we were railing those things so fast. It, it wouldn't have been a block pass. It would have been a T-bone because that, that track was real quick. And uh, except for maybe the, the turn before the whoops was, was kind of tight. But, no, I, you know, yeah, that pass would have been tough to make unless Lappers would have done something for us, which could have been the case. So you weren't waiting. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to wait until three laps to go. Like you were just hoping to no. get an opening, but there wasn't a strategy there. Well, no, like I said, once I weathered <laughs> the storm the first, you know, five, six, seven, eight laps, they're kind of in the middle was just kind of like la, 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 just kind of uh-huh. get through it. But then, no, whenever whenever Randy told me 15 laps, five to go, I tried to make sure that I didn't give him any kind of breathing room at all. I tried to stay, like, right on his tire because if he, if he did make any kind of bobble, I wasn't going to hesitate. You know, I, I didn't want to hesitate. If you get more than a couple bike lengths away, you know, then there's a hesitation. And, um, you know, like I said, I didn't need that because he made that one little mistake and I was barely able to pass him even then. You, uh, so you hadn't won in four years, like 98, 99, you're so good. You're so fast. You would love points at times. You were winning races. You're chasing it to get back to that level. When you left that night, did you think, I think I'm there again. I'm going to win, you know, more races, or maybe I can make a run for the title. Were you thinking that, or did you still know there were some weaknesses with the bike and things like that? Yeah, no, I, I really, honestly, when I left there, I didn't think much things were going to be different. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. Like I said, I mean, I'm yeah. honest. I, I don't care at this point in my life. And uh, I just knew that there was the track had to be perfect for me to do yeah. that with. And the whoops were jumpers that night. So that's really all I had working for me. Um, you know, it, it it sucks. I mean, I, I'm not really trying to be that, that guy with a, with a bike manufacturer because, you know, manufacturers go through those years where their bikes just aren't as good as they need to be. And, uh, you know, the following year, the 04 year, I think they made it a lot better, and obviously it progressed to, to win championships. But uh, for me, no, I knew the whoops were going to be tough, and because right. if you can't hammer whoops, it's it's really it's you, really tough. You uh, Yogi, you went from the stiffest bike out there uh, for the Honda to maybe the most flexiest one because those Cowies back then, the frames were basically like rubber. Uh, yep. You know what I mean? So you really <laughs> did have two two completely different chassis chassis yep. at this point, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Yogi, I think also, too, your career took a turn in 2000 at Anaheim 1. You tear your shoulder up. Um, yep. And that is a moment, you know, you know, you never know how it's going to go. You can never say anything. But as Weege said, 98, 99, like you have your moments where you're untouchable and uh, tear your shoulder up. Anaheim won 2000. And like, yeah, you never you you have this win from Phoenix, but you don't get back to the being the old Yogi that we've seen indoors. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, no, you're right. You guys are right. Um, 2000, like I said, very first practice, you know, uh, somebody crashed, I think, and Dowdy ran into him. Flagger, I don't know, was picking burgers or something and smoked. <laughs> and just, you know, it's kind of a three person pile up. Yep. We just, anyways, it blew my shoulder out. And, uh, man, it took forever. Luckily, Jeff Stan and his wife, you know, his wife actually was a therapist and, Went to stay with them for a while, got it back going. But no, in, in 01, when I came back, um, obviously by by then the bike was way, way, way better. Uh, Kevin and all those guys had been riding it a good bit, got got it a lot better. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd had some good races with Ricky that year. I'd never won anything, but I showed some speed. So I kind of felt like I was kind of getting to that point. Mm-hmm. But 
You know why I made the decision to go green? I don't know, but it is what it is. <laughs> uh, you know, I was kind of putting the building blocks back together, you know? Yep. Hey, listen, in 2 on Cowie, you got third in uh, outdoors and you got fourth in Supercross. There's nothing wrong with that season. You know what no, I mean? No, it's not. Yep. Yeah, it's not, but it's the belief. Right. You know, right. <laughs> I, the belief. Well, you know, third, fourth is fine, but I never really believed in anything other than first. So, right. It, it just, I just, uh, outdoor season, I really got it together, though, because, I mean, obviously, I knew, you know, Ricky was a stud outdoors. I mean, he was great indoors, but outdoors, the Cowie was a really good bike. Mm-hmm. So, I just, I really tried to do what I could outdoors, get stronger, get ready for, for that, that new OP. But, uh, you know, it just never really panned out. So. <laughs> hey, you uh, also, uh, on the podium here, you mentioned that you have a baby coming <laughs> at the yeah. time. So you had a lot yeah. going on in your life. That's a pretty emotional win, I'm sure, considering everything that was happening behind the scenes. Yeah, and, you know, it. to be honest, looking kind of back at it now, like all those feelings and emotions I had and kind of the negativity to the to the motorcycle at the time, I mean, it was kind of me saying that it was – really about that time to kind of wrap it up you know because it like i said it was my, my attitude at that point it never was like that before never like nothing ever fazed me nothing ever made me mad enough to where i was didn't want to ride the thing you know because i always rode anything and everything and as hard as i could but yep <laughs> uh, just kind of looking back at interviews and the way i was speaking like like later on in life you know i'm like yeah you know what i should have realized that sign maybe even before the 04 season happened Uh, yogi what was it what was it like being teammates with the vortex that was james stewart like good god you know we talk about the 135 class in this in this podcast also and i mean you want to talk about a force uh, that you know we all saw it coming right what was it like well, you know, James, I like James a lot. I didn't know James growing up. Obviously, I was mm-hmm. a lot older than James, you know, so I don't really, only really know James from um, when he was on the team. But uh, James himself, like, I mean, I like the guy a lot. I mean, I mean, he was never – we never, ever had any kind of disagreements in the truck, you know, because in the truck it gets real tight. Yep. <laughs> you know, and it just – I mean, it's like Mathis. I mean, he was a force. Like he coming in the very first year in the class, it's like holy crap! Like I can learn something from this guy. You know, <laughs> like, you know I mean, because yeah. how he's how the Bubba scrubs and just you know some of the stuff he would jump out of the test track. I was like, I wanted to tell him, man, you need to be smarter than that. Like, <laughs> like hold that up. Like just kind of wait on that, man. But you know. You really can't tell a young guy like that yeah. anything. But, no, he definitely was. And, I mean, even today, man, when I'm – you know, I work with a little bit of kids here and there, yep. and I'm – the scrub, I call it the Bubba scrub because it's – no one ever scrubbed like Bubba from the beginning, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And like, I'm like, don't scrub like the, the lust scrub or the <laughs> – <laughs> uh, I will say, Bubba. though, when I watch these mains – uh, it happened in a hurry. I watch you and Chad. You're not not scrubbing. You're not straight up and down. Yeah. Uh, you're getting. I, I feel like for the time it was happening quickly. Like you weren't guys weren't jumping like that five years earlier. You guys weren't complete straight up and down. Well, no. You know what though? And I'll go back to all the way back to Jeremy McGrath when he first started in like '03. Like I mean, obviously the past guys before us were super gnarly guys I and mean, super in shape, super gnarly. The Stans, O'Mares, but. 
you know, when Jeremy came into the picture in 93, like he brought the whole uh, BMX element to, to it, you know, the whole jumping real good, like downsiding things, jumping more things, being more clean, just, you know, just uh, really way more of a technical, you know, just kind of a scalpel on right. the track. And, uh, you know, so I learned from Jeremy and then, you know, uh, then Bubba came in and kind of took it to a whole nother level. Why can uh, I... Why can I not think of your teammate in 03, James, but you're two, the second to the uh, Yeah, uh, Ron Cotta. Oh, Ron Ron. Yeah. Okay. Well, was, was he there in 03 or was he there, just there in 02? Oh, I don't know. No, I think I think he was Suzuki if I look back at this race by then. Oh, yeah, Suzuki 03 because, uh, yes, he was Suzuki in 03. So were you alone and just you and James, I wonder? Huh. Uh, I think so. I think so. Yep. Thank you, me and me and James. But no, to go back to the James thing, man. Uh, he was he was always cool. I never. There, there's an was, interesting uh, story that goes back. Sternstrom was a manager, right, Bruce? Uh, yeah. So yeah. Bruce told a story to me one time that in the 125 days, and I don't know if this was, you were there or what year this was, or 125 days. Big James, very upset because little James cannot hit the whoops any faster than fourth wide open. And, <laughs> and, and Bruce is like, that's as fast as the bikes. Like if you go any faster, you're going to crash. And big James, no, we want to go faster. And Bruce, sorry, there's only, you can only go sell there through there so fast. And this was at the practice track, uh, <laughs> off the side of the freeway and an argument ensued where they wanted to make the bike so that little James can go as fast as he wants through the whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i can believe i can believe that for sure and i can believe i can believe sterns from arguing with him yes <laughs> there you go there you go yeah. Yeah. absolutely well bruce, what a, bruce what a has night. his feelings yeah he, he doesn't shy from he's very consistent with his feelings bruce uh, he, yeah. he keeps yeah uh yeah. hey uh, james actually at, at the end of this main he's uh one of the first actually to come over and congratulate you like the james stewart i think people think of now he kind of got to be much more by himself but the early, young, you know, fun-loving James, like, he's as pumped, it looks like, for you to win as him to win. He looks stoked. Yeah, no, he yeah. was. That's what I'm saying. I mean, we were <laughs> – yeah, I mean, we were always cool together, man. I, I never had a problem with James at all, and he definitely was. And, uh, no, I mean, I only remember James just having a blast, having fun. You know, yeah. I mean, I think I think people kind of take situations and blow them out of proportion, mm -hmm. obviously. And I mean, definitely as he started to get into the 250 class and all that, you know, but no, I mean, James kept telling me that, that my baby that was coming was going to be black. So, I'm like, you better hope he's not black. <laughs> did you, did you hope to, did you think about doing a sprinkler or anything when, after this win? Did you, did you want to do the sprinkler or did you want to do the worm or anything, Yogi? No, I think the only thing I ever done after, after a win, and I'm not sure this is kind of the thing back then in 98, was, you know, the whole uh, roof was on fire thing, yeah. raise the roof. Yeah, yeah. It was. yeah, I did that after the 98 win going down the Star Straight, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I, well, you seen what happened when I tried to whip it over the finish line jump. I flat landed it out on the Star Straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, hey, listen, Red Dog broke his thumb trying to do a can-can in St. Louis one year, so you guys you guys shouldn't attempt that stuff. It's just Well, <laughs> nothing, nothing like K-Dub 
uh, doing a nose wheelie, I think, at Atlanta Supercross and going over the bars and almost got hit by the bike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, DV, too. DV crashed doing the standing on the seat. Yeah. Yeah, you guys got to stop that. Leave that for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kevin was freak, super gnarly with that stuff, man. I could never imagine doing the nose wheelies he did. But, yeah, he just did it right, right beside me. Uh, Yogi, where is the trophy for Phoenix 03 right now? Uh, it's in my trophy room. Okay. I got I got a little trophy room up up kind of off of our shop, mm-hmm. so it's up there. Yeah. Yep. It's everything I got is up there where uh, our little gym is. Okay. It's not holding the door open or anything. No, it's not no. holding the door open because <laughs> yeah. because uh, our buddy Timmy there, uh, his first ever national win, high point ninety five. Uh, yeah. The trophy, which is not a, a real nice trophy, but it is still your a national win. Uh, he yep. uses it. He uses it to hold the shed door open where he keeps his gas drums. Lord of mercy, <laughs> Yogi! I swear to God, I, I, it's amazing. It, it holds the dro- the door open for when he goes to get gas. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you take pride in your trophies yeah. because yeah. here. Here's one of the things I think that that's unique about you. There, I always say there's two different types of riders. There's the type of rider. There's the guys that like I'm fast on a motorcycle and I want to be famous. And there's the guys that are like I'm fast. This is my job. I'm going to make money. I'm a competitive person. But I don't care like about hearing my name and lights and all that. I always feel like you were the guy that's just you just do it because you're a competitor and you had talent and you worked hard. But I don't think you cared about being famous. So I'm glad to hear you have a trophy room and you do respect all this, but I don't feel like you always want to tell everybody how good you were or how good you uh, are at the time. I feel like that's no, what I got from you. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. I mean, the trophies could stay in a box for all I really care. I mean, yeah. I just – but we've moved several times, and actually the last move we did, like we moved from South Georgia up to Atlanta. Uh, we kept them in the box forever before. I'm like, you know what, I want to set all this up because <laughs> – I'm, I like I got into cycling a lot, you know, and that was kind of where I was doing all my cycling during the winters. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I'm tired of not looking at things like I want to look at something to help motivate. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I put them up. But no, you're exactly right. Like, I, I'm i not going to be that guy to leave every single weekend and go try to, you know, chase uh, somebody else's dream. Right. Yeah. And work with, <laughs> you know, work with other guys. Like, I mean, I'd, I'd like helping people like. You know, like I was just actually talking to Davey the other day. Like he's starting to kind of add more and more people to his yeah. his little list of kids that he's helping. And I'm like, man, how do you do it? Like I just, I just can't keep doing it. And but I love making fun of him because uh, well, of how much crap crap he gave me back in the day. He uh, he's been coming oh, up. Yeah. To, he's been coming up to do the pulp show, and I'm like, are you out of money? Why are you doing this? Like, do you need money? Yeah. What are you doing, Millsaps? Because you know, he's living in Havasu. He's just like, I'm bored. And I'm like, okay, all right. Just if you need money, I'll, I'll bore you something. But good God, yeah. Davey. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's getting back into it. You're right. So, Well, it, you know, be, to be honest with him and everybody else that's kind of retired here lately is you go through a phase where, like, you just you want to be retired. You want to stay away from all of it. You just want to do whatever you want to do. But then you're like, I'm kind of bored. Like, mm-hmm. I want to get my mind back into something. I want to, I want to like, help you know, kind of what I did with Davey, you know, I just kind of went back full bore with him and mm-hmm. thinking every, like, I mean, I would stay up watching videos, watching everything. I mean, I would, everything I possibly could to make Davey's life a lot easier, you know, and, uh, and it was, it really kind of made me feel like I was worth something again. And just, you know, it, sure. it was fun. You know, it was fun. Like if I could, if I could help him win a championship, it'd be the same thing, you know? 
unfortunately, Davey had, you know, Poto and Dungey to go up against, you know, that year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, I just had, you know, a handful too. Yeah, absolutely. You had made the greatest supercrosser ever to go up against. Yeah. And then when he was done, you had this other guy from Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Lee at Re-Raceables with Yogi Lusk. Anything else about 03 Phoenix Weege for Yogi? Uh, I, I, it's so funny to hear that even you knew. No, I'm good. I, I really want to know what the feelings were leaving that. Because often round two, everybody feels they're in it. It's, it's just funny to hear that even you still knew. <laughs> yeah. uh, it depends on the whoops. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, as a, as a professional athlete, I prepared myself. Obviously, I was in shape, you know, with to race chat for 20 minutes. I mean, I was – I was prepared, but I, I knew the circumstances had to be absolutely in my favor to win again. I mean, it just it was. So, yeah, that's the facts. Uh, all right. Well, Lee at Re-Raceables, Phoenix 03. As always, Yogi, thanks for your time, man. Uh, really appreciate it. Thanks, man. No worries, man. You guys cool. have a good Thanks to Yogi for uh, coming on. Weech, he, uh, he never really thought he had much momentum going. <laughs> Well, as I said to him there, I, I was always confused uh, as to why, you know, this didn't get replicated throughout the year. You know, he wins this one race, hadn't won in four years, like we said, and then he never wins another one. And I'm like, how? Why? That's so odd that it just popped up like this. But yep. it kind of makes a little bit of sense now, because as you know, then tracks with jumper whoops, that wasn't very common. You weren't going to find that combo. No, very often. no. And uh, the cycle news for this for this race is the forgotten man on the front, too, which is uh Ironic, definitely. I agree. Yeah, I, I would not have thought it was his first win in in that long, but yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah. Todd Harris is calling the action. Sounds familiar, yep. huh? Todd Harris, he's back. Yeah, funny, the exact same. And uh, it's more, it's weird. We knew Todd Harris was coming this year to be back and announce some of the races, which he did. And I felt like, man, it just doesn't seem like the same Todd Harris. But now when I go back and listen to one since he did some this year, I'm like, no, it's actually more similar than I realized. Yeah. It's like, uh, 18 years, nothing changed. This was the first year of the World Supercrosses, so we went to uh, um, Holland and uh, Geneva, and Todd was there, and uh, so we we he hung out with us a lot. I mean, we were the one of the only factory teams there, so yeah, Todd was around a lot. He was cool. You know that actually adds that actually adds quite a bit to this story because uh, th those Euro races, and I'm sure you have some stories. Maybe some of you can't even tell. I'm not sure how crazy you guys got. Uh, I know the Racer X crew that went. Uh, boy, did they have a time in the 10 days or so in Europe. Did, or did you guys just work? Uh, get crazy? Yeah, there was a couple things. Um, okay. Yeah, because okay. we were in Paris. They took us to Paris in between the races um, for a couple a of days. Amsterdam. Yeah. Also, didn't you go to Amsterdam? Yeah, Amsterdam as well. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember Amsterdam getting out of hand, but I remember some stuff at Geneva oh, okay. and Paris. But Amsterdam, I think we were working uh, or whatever. Yeah. So, but on the racing yeah. side, uh, you know, this was a huge eyebrow raiser. Like, what is this World Supercross thing? And then, yes, Factory Yamaha with some, you know, big name riders does do it. But Ricky Carmichael, the, the champion, does not do it. So I know everybody was on the fence of like, is this good? Is this bad? Should we do it? Should we not? And then, I mean, you guys, as I said, the, the Yamaha team was so good early in the year and i think to me that made everyone start thinking we're gonna have to do these december races because look at the head start they yeah have. i mean look it was a good team fairy villain and chad i mean yeah it was, yeah. That was a legit team right uh some very fast guys and uh yeah it was spending cool. some money would you say yamaha yeah, yeah spending some money as well yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah uh Gosh. i remember you know from for, for us to see chad like he was the fastest guy at the test track most of the times but and it was like I think it was a surprise to a lot of people, but when you're when you're in the grind day in and day out, and the guy's just fast every single day, you're like, "Well, he's going to challenge for race wins." You know what I mean? Like you just knew it. So 
when he yep. won Geneva or whatever. It's just like, yeah, this is what this guy's going to do. Yes, he's a first-year 250 class slash 450 guy, you know, but, but yeah, this is just what this guy's going to do. So I remember being surprised. <laughs> I remember people being like, holy crap, and then me being like, well, I don't know, man. I've seen him for months. So I, I thought that was kind of dumb, too. I did feel like people were taken by surprise with that, but I, I wasn't nearly as knowledgeable as you were. But, I mean, to me, there was plenty of evidence. He had raced a 250 in the GPs. Already, he had done a whole f- season on 250s, and in every freaking interview that Chad did in 02, it was like, I just want to ride a 252 stroke. That's what I grew up riding. That's what I ride better. Yeah. So to me, he was never the typical it, rookie that had not ever even ridden or raced that bike. Yeah, and remember, he started riding on the West Coast to start the year, the year and he was like fourth and fifth. Like he the was year before. Yeah, 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 he was like he way was good. It. Right, yeah, exactly. So Right. Um, so he wasn't a typical rookie in my eyes. Yep. And uh he, he really showed it at the beginning. Couple yep. things. So yeah, David David Bailey and uh Todd Harris in the booth. Um yep. uh Randy Lawrence interview halfway through the main event. I am clearly in the background. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really, really enjoyed that little look at myself there. Um the after um after RC goes down. They interviewed Chad Watts, and Chad Watts is Ricky's mechanic, of course, and he's just like, they're too far gone. Like, I think it was, uh, was it Jamie Little? Who was the pit report? Uh, no, Cameron. Cameron, Cameron Steele. Steel. Cameron Steele. Cameron's yeah. trying to get the hype going about, like, maybe Ricky can get these guys. <laughs> Chad Watts yep. is like, no, nah, they're too far gone. <laughs> no, we lost 20 seconds. We're not going to. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, But it is startling at the beginning of this main where Ricky, yeah, the first round was not good. He starts last. He crashed, as we mentioned. He starts third right behind them. And, uh, okay, I know that the story on Ricky now is, you know, he takes what he can get. I I will never, ever back that. Like, the dude is a maniac until he's in the lead and until he has the win. And he's back there in third, and he's not really even sticking a wheel in on Yogi or Chad. Like, he's not – you're so used to Ricky either being visibly faster or he'll kill himself if that's what it takes to do it. But it's a rare – he's just hanging in third. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then he loses the front end, uh, much yep. like he did in the heat race, right? So um, I was trying to think if this was – so he went to Dunlop, right, for Honda. Was this the year he put on a Bridgestone, 03, or was that 02? Was that 01? Yeah, what? well, 02 is his first year with Honda. I mean, you would think it was the first year, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much you're yeah. searching. Uh, that does sound familiar. I know at the beginning of the year, but he struggled the beginning of both years, so I'm not sure. True. Which year true. it was? What did they scrape the logo off the tire or something yeah, like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. So yeah, it was uh, uh, a, a really good race, and again, um, you know, Yogi was obviously feeling good, like he said, he had to get on it because the heat race was much improved. Right, Chad got him, but he led a long way, and then he, he you know matched him. Yeah, yeah exactly. He and then, him. Yeah, and then exactly. This, uh, also in this race, Travis Pastrana just gets twelfth. Uh, it says in the cycle news that uh, he got stuck behind Larocco. He got frustrated. I got on pump for the first time in my life, and I really fell apart. This is the most devastated I've been in my life right now. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, there's a lot to unpack here with this Pastrana thing. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. Let's go back to the heat race. So there are very few moments that you have, you know, Travis Pastrana battling Ricky Carmichael. Now, we thought we were going to get 100 yeah, of those battles. Yeah, yeah. There's like four races ever. I forgot. This race does have a heat race. It does have a heat race where they battle for the lead, and it's pretty good. Yeah, and then uh, Ricky gets him, right? Ricky gets him, and then Travis is actually staying with him. Yeah. And then Ricky crashes, and then Travis crashes into him, and it leads to one of the wildest heat races ever. Ernesto Fonseca takes the lead, and he stalls, 
And then I do not remember this ever happening. Who takes the lead on what bike and who wins this heat race after all three of those? This guys is this is not something I ever remember happening. No. Grant Langston wins the 250 heat on a KTM. Like what? Like the whole idea in my mind of Grant Langston's 250 KTM Supercross career is just crashing, 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 crashing. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I don't remember. No I mean, blink. Doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. And uh, yeah, likes to want a heat. He won a heat. Good, he won a heat. I, I do feel at Anaheim one. Uh, I did go to Anaheim one, and I feel like he was pretty good. He looked. I don't remember what the result was, but I feel like he looked okay on it. So I'm like, okay, they have something here. Right. And then he wins this heat. I think he crashes on the first lap of the main and uh, finishes way back. But here's what I'm thinking: the first couple races, he looked okay because he also did those Euro rounds. And I just feel like everyone that did those Euro rounds. Had a head start, and then it really did start to fall apart eventually. Yeah, crashing on concrete. Yeah. Uh, just horrible. Right, right. Also, uh, Nick yeah. Way DNFs the main event and says that a spark plug broke, which I don't know Nick. if that's Nick smiling and saying, you know, or the spark plug actually did break, because we all yeah. know the spark plug is the most blamed part uh, on the motorcycle. So Yeah, well, Nick had had you as a mechanic not too far before that, so he <laughs> knew he knew the drill. He knew all about it. Uh, Lee at Re-Raceables, thank you to folks at Max's Tires, SGB Max's team, of course, A-Ray, Smith, Rod Bell out there. Jordan Jarvis uh, got in the motos at Washougal using Max's Tires MXSTs uh, developed by the Jeremy McGrath, who we – I can't believe we don't have McGrath on one of these yet, um, but it's coming. It's coming. We'll get there when it's time. We'll get there when it's time. And and, uh, so thanks to the Maxis.com guys, mountain bike tires, uh, light truck tires, of course, uh, and the MXSTs that the uh, SGB Maxis guys use. And I want to thank the folks at Blenzall as well, of course. Uh, They're on board with us. Uh, Blenzall is the, uh, yeah, the number one brand when it comes to two-stroke oil. All the top uh, riders have been using Blenzol at some point or another. They have two-stroke. They have four-stroke. Nothing else performs. Out lubricates or smells better than Blenzol's full line of two-stroke and four-stroke products, Weege. And you know, Weege, on the GNCC side, Blenzol. Yeah, in gnarly conditions, especially on the quad side, where, as I say on every one of these shows, they literally do not let off for two hours in mud, usually, with radiators packed. Uh, Bryce and Neil won some races this year using Blenzol, and the engine did not let go. Also, I stopped by the Hunter Schlosser uh, pit. I believe it's Southwick. Oh, okay. Running the Blenzol. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, big yeah. Blenzol Gnarly guy. conditions. Yeah. Yep, big Blenzol guy. Gnarly conditions at Southwick. You know, we had rain. Sand track's always tough on the motors. So good to have Blenzol in the game. Blenzol.com. Follow him at Blenzol on Instagram as well. And uh, look, Alessi uses it. And uh, Tony, as you say many times, Weech, Tony Alessi, oh, he's not leaving anything to chance. No, we are not leaving any horsepower on the table. Uh, we are bringing it to the racetrack. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Leit.com yeah. for more information. They make protective wear, helmets, goggles, riding gear, knee braces, boots, and neck braces covering riders from head to toe in moto and mountain bike. Leit.com for more information on that. Thank you to Yogi uh, for coming on earlier. Phoenix 03. Yeah. yeah so anyways, uh, uh, really, really, really interesting race. And Pastrana just, yeah, he, it's the most devastated I've been in my life right now. Life. Just wait, Travis. Just wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. And then uh, I did flip to the next weekend. I did watch the next weekend Anaheim too, and it just says Travis Pastrana not here tonight. Oh yeah. So okay. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Uh, he he really wasn't able to stay healthy very often. I don't know if people realize. God, this. he was good for some moments though, for sure. Oh he yeah. was good. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, yep. Ricky Fon- Ricky Carmichael, have- Sebastian Tortelli, yes, and Brock Sellers were reportedly fined one thousand dollars by the AMA for not having the license in too late. That was what, in cycle like, entry. I, I, I don't know. How much you want to bet this is, again, now that it is an FIM, you know, sanctioned deal for the first time, and that whole 
amount of extra paperwork <laughs> didn't get handled. Yeah, exactly, right? It has uh, to be why. Yeah, it has to be why. I would think so. Yeah. Um, as far yep. as uh, we got our categories coming up too as well. Uh, well, i got a couple things oh, to ask you yep. as well. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, great race. Yogi uh, outwits Chad to win it. Uh, what were the feelings there for Timmy? I mean, Timmy, did he podium round one also? I think he, he did. Yeah. So where are you guys at right now? Are you like, we're going for the title? I mean, this is probably the best start to a season Timmy ever had. You guys yeah, are rolling. Yeah, third at, uh, at Anaheim one, too. Yeah, so two podiums to start the year, right? Um, Chad wins the opener, of course. Yeah, I, I remember it being, you know, really good. He was riding well. Um, you know, the four-stroke was still popping and farting, and we were jetting it a lot. But, <laughs> but you know, yeah, uh, Red Dog was good, man. He put in a lot of work, uh, a lot of effort, and trained hard. And, you know, these were kind of his prime years. And, man, I think I want to say in 03, between Outdoors and Supercross, we made 11 podiums or something. It was by far the most best year that him and I had together. It was 03. So, uh, but yeah, he does – he does get uh, pulled a little bit in this race. I was joking to Yogi about needing more laps, but he, you know, uh, he he hits Yogi or he hits Fonseca, I should say, knocks Fonseca down to get third. Which, look, everybody has their guy. Uh, poor Ernie, Timmy knocked Ernie over a lot. Like I can think of four or five times where he just took Ernie's lunch money. And poor Ernie, but Red Dog did. Red Dog was aggressive. He was an aggressive rider. So. Okay, here's what I'm wondering. I also remember Ernie was on the receiving end of Mike Brown hits so many times. And now I'm starting to wonder, was er was Ernie just the guy that these dudes picked on? Maybe. There was a later this year, Ernie got Villeman like late in every national. So there was that. He didn't hit him though. But but for okay. remember by the end of the summer, this thing, there was nobody racing anymore. It was pretty bad uh, at the end of 03, even end of 03 Supercross, of course, and then the 03 nationals too. And Ernie would get DV twenty five minute mark weekly. So oh, really? he got some revenge. Yeah. They got some revenge on that. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good year for us for sure. Like I said, a lot of podiums. Um, you know, he was a little Timmy was a little bit off the pace uh, of the top top guys. But and then we had O three Salt Lake, of course. Oh boy, we all remember that. Yeah, um, yeah. So we'll yeah, it was it was a good year. Um, and I remember this one. I remember this one being uh, like a, a good start and and just kind of rode well. He had to go to the semi, I guess. I read Cycle News. I don't remember that. He fell in the heat, Red Dog did. But, yeah, we went to your, a lot of Your memory of, semis. of these Red Dog races are about as good as Red Dog memories. Nah, they're, I got more. They're, they're better than Red Dog races for sure. Um, okay. You sure? Yeah, yeah. You, you literally didn't even know what, what if you were running a two-stroke or four-stroke or what year it was happening. That part okay. was really okay, – hey, believe me, the stress of that, I have blocked it out of my mind. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, that was such a gnarly time. Like meetings with Yamaha, building bikes, staying up all night, going to the test track at weird times. You know what I mean? Like tons of stuff going on around then. I probably blocked it all out of my mind. But The amount of faith they would have had to have had like as they're making these decisions. Like Meanwhile, they have to rely on the mechanic to actually come through building two different bikes. Yeah. But these yeah. late game decisions. Yeah, that, that, that was me. That was me. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I, I just remember, like, yeah, there wasn't a lot to separate. Like, Chad was always a gamer, man. He, You know, he, he would have a so-so practice, and then main event time, he'd rise up, right? Ricky, of course, ultimate gamer, right? Yeah. And, yep. and I felt like Timmy had those guys covered in qualifying or, you know what I mean? But when the lights came on, and you needed a start, and you needed to rise to the occasion, guys like Chad and Ricky would do it. Timmy was great, but he just – a little extra those guys had, man. Yeah, and uh, this probably goes into the mental thing, right? Yeah. You know, they just yeah. – yeah. we, we know how gnarly Chad is. We know how gnarly RC was. 
Uh, so that probably got a lot to do with it. Yeah, yep. uh, but Langston winning the heat, that was, uh, I do not remember that. I don't remember Langston having nope. zero success on a KTM 250. So good yeah. job. Good job, G. I I don't know if the crash is out there on, on YouTube, but there's an all-time classic of him endoing over a berm onto oh, the concrete San Francisco. on that bike. Yeah, San Francisco, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. See, I remember that I one. I mean, remember, this is the KTM that literally retired Jeremy McGrath. Yeah. This is the bike <laughs> yeah. that literally made him retire. Good point. And we know this because he actually did come back and race two years later on a Honda and was good again. Yeah, good point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, um, all right. So, yeah, we I'm got throw one more thing in for you. Yeah. Uh, so I remember uh, uh, this is weird. I feel um, it's weird. I know I was at Anaheim one that year, but also I rem- I must have gone back. This is how obsessed I must have been. I must have gone back and listened to the Supercross webcast archive. This is two years before I'm hosting the show. Mm-hmm. And. Yogi goes to the LCQ at Anaheim 1, and as I said to him, I'd heard all these Georgia guys saying, like, Ezra's so ready, he's been cr- killing the whoops, he's got to figure it out, he's going to be so good. And then Anaheim 1, he barely qualifies. He actually gets eighth in the main, which isn't terrible. But I remember on the Supercross webcast, somehow they interview Bruce, Bruce Sternstrom, oh, okay. the boss of Cowie, <laughs> about Ezra. And his level of um, concern is very high. I'm, I'm just going to put it that way. <laughs> the boss did not seem stoked. Uh, that Ezra was going to the LCQ to make this main. Yeah. And Bruce somewhat implies that uh, he is distracted because he's going to have a baby soon, and I'm not sure Bruce was pumped on that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he was very concerned with the results. So I remember thinking, like, man, there's some real uh, chaos over there. And, and just it just outlines how crazy it was that seven days later they win. It's just nuts. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, and, again, yep. yeah, great great ride for Yogi. Um, yep. Never got another one either. This is it. This is the last one that he got. Four years later, he gets a win and then uh, never gets another one. So um, really, really interesting to, to see that. Yep. Um, yep. 125 race. Uh, breaking news. Uh, Stu wins. Um, oh, okay. But wow. Craig Anderson led. Craig what Anderson, who was yeah. like, hey, it worked with Chad Reed. Uh, yes. let's, let's do this again. Let's run this yes. back. Uh, Craig, Same team. Same team. Yeah. Craig Dack was the manager. Now, Craig Anderson, a little older than Chad Reed, um, but didn't work. But he did have Southwick win, and he did lead this race. Craig Anderson, everybody. Did he win an overall or a moto at Southwick? Won, won the, the overall, overall I Won think. the overall. Yeah. Yes, won the yeah. overall. Uh, well, this is your theory. You know, if any of these Canadians ever uh-huh. did anything, yep. they would hire every other Canadian. Like, once Chad Reed, and to a lesser extent, Burner, but Burner was good. Uh, we got to give credit. I think because of both of them, they hired any Australian. Yeah. You, you ride a dirt bike, you got a factory ride. Yeah, pretty much. And then it, it kind of had a second life there with Reardon. Reardon beats Chad some race in Australia and gets oh. a ride and so yeah, on and Chad so forth. I'm sure Chad was, Chad was very hyped on that. Oh, yeah. Super stoked. Uh, so I guess Matt Walker and Stu got into it in practice. They make a mention of that a few times. Uh, wow. I don't remember that, but they do mention that they got into it in practice and Stu knocked them down. So when Walker's leading, Walker gets uh, Craig Anderson, Walker's leading – Bailey is kind of freaking out. Like Bailey's like, "Oh boy, here it comes." You know, if Chad, if James gets up into him, then you know who knows what, how that's going to go. And then uh, James just goes right around him. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then Travis Preston knocked Matt Walker down uh, later on. They kind, they kind of came together. It wasn't like a dirty thing, but Walker ends up on the ground and Preston takes off. And again, I cannot stress, Travis Preston looks so huge on a CR125. Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, the fact that I mean CR125s were. Not fast anymore by this point. The fact that Preston had this level of results as like, what, 190 pounds? Yeah. It is bizarre. Yeah. Whatever they did to that motor, 
I have to ask our boy uh, Ulikowski, his old mechanic. Ula. Right, right, yeah. It, Unbelievable. But like you said, he's he's really spicy, Preston. He is. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, really he's, good. Yeah, not yeah. not not scared to get into it with Stu and everything else. And Stu just looks, you know, he's moving all over the track. He Stu's racing like he thinks he's the only guy on the track, which is kind of dangerous, but it always seemed to work for Stu in 125s. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he's just going one side to another to try to set guys up, and I don't think he's thinking about, hey, there's a guy behind me. At one point, him and TP hit uh, in a rhythm, and they get sent (laughs) off, and it's just like (laughs) Stu just kind of did his thing. Like I remember him scrubbing in front of guys, just like I'm going to the front, dude. I don't care what you're doing behind me. Yeah, uh, my dad would watch these races and he'd be like, it looks like the Stewart guy just doesn't care what line he's in. He's just like, I'm just going to use a different line than you. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Your dad pretty much nailed it. That That is yes. what, how he rode. You know, nope. and, then, and, you know, and then famously, like it got back to bite him in that Phoenix uh, of all places with the wrist, right? Where it was Kyle Partridge and he just like scrubbed into him. You know, and you're just like, you can't do that, James. Yeah, <laughs> countless. Yeah, unfortunately, we ended up with countless examples, including yeah. the... The rematch between him and Preston years later was that in Toronto where Stu yeah. <laughs> got bumped off the track by Chad. Didn't even look to see if anyone was coming. Just rode back on the track and got landed on by Preston. <laughs> oh, man. Good times, uh, right? Yeah, good times. Yeah. Uh, yep. So, again, Lee at Re-Raceables. Uh, we got Phoenix 03. Um, all right. Should we do some categories? Yes, else? let's do it. Yep. All right. Um, all right. So, all right, let's get into the categories, the Liat Re-Raceables categories, as we always do. Who really won the race? Um, well, I'm going to go Tim Ferry. All right. That's fair. You? <laughs> uh, this is terrible. Uh, I'm going to once again go with the race winner. We're I know. We're not supposed you... to do this, but I, I mean, we're doing this show because it was an awesome win for Yogi. So there you go, Yogi. Uh, you're right. I mean, we have to. Yogi won the race and really won the race. His first race in four years. Uh, he's a good dude. Everyone was stoked. Uh, it, it gave. Uh, you know, if you didn't know Yogi and you were just a fan, it gave you a brief glimmer of hope. Didn't give Yogi any hope, but it gave you a Apparently brief glimmer not. of hope yeah. that you know <laughs> that he could be a factor in this series, right? So, yep. um, so who really won the race? Yeah, Yogi. Outside of uh, Tim Ferry. All right, yes. who's that guy? Award. Um, Weech? Oh, there's, there's, there's one winner and one winner only. <laughs> it has to be finishing 22nd out of 22 riders in the 125 class. Tommy Harrison. I've never heard of him. Never heard of Tommy Harrison. Simi Valley, California. He's got a lot yeah. of results in the vault. Okay. But you're like right. He's made mains and stuff. Yeah, and, and made, made motos. I, I don't remember Tommy Morrison. Yeah, Tommy, Her- Tommy Harrison. I remember Tommy Morrison. Tommy Gunn. Yeah, Tommy Gunn, RIP, uh, uh, but I do not remember Tommy Harrison. So Pascal Lorette in one of the heat races is second for a while. He's a f- uh, French guy. Uh, yep. When I was at KTM, I was at KTM for 2000 and 2001, uh, Pascal Lorette was around. He was doing supercrosses. He would ride. A, he would get to ride our track. I don't know how that ever worked. Who knows? Maybe Villeman called in a favor or something. But Pascal Lorette was a good rider. Uh, he was second in heat for a while at this night, finished 21 in the main event. But if you're wondering, hey, who's Pascal Lorette? We, we know who Pascal Lorette is. So yes, I have heard of him. Right. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, Lit Kid Award. Man, I might go off the map with this one. Um, Whoa. Who who you got, Lit Kid Award? Um, I think it was a pretty cool time. I- I'm going to go with Pastrana and the Sobi Suzuki No yep. Fear look. I think that was pretty iconic stuff. And uh, as we've mentioned, you didn't really get Pastrana very often. So I feel like let's just do it while we had it. We had him at a race, and he did well for a little while. 
I'm going lit kit with the Sobe, the 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 neon green yellow yeah. combo stuff they it, were running. It was good. It was a good look. Uh, yep. Travis looked really good. I I'm gonna go off the map. Enjoy the wow. ride, O'Neill. Preston's look. Oh. The number one, like the number one on the bike, and and, and like nice. Yeah, I just I thought he looked good. Red. I was, I've always got a thing for Hondas, like looking good, right? Um, okay. I'll go Travis Preston. Yeah, I think uh, I think that that's uh, that's my that's my winner. Next category, where's JT? Phoenix 03. He was uh, definitely racing. Uh, we asked him where he was. He was in Arena Cross. JT's. Uh, I, I, I did not even know this. <laughs> tough racing Kawasaki Arena Cross venture. It didn't go so well. I think he quit halfway through the year. But uh, yeah, 03. Arena yeah, Cross. he told us he signed a Subway Honda deal not long after this. Right. He was, I, I do not remember JT as like Arena Cross guy. No, it didn't go well, I don't think. No. But uh, that, no. yeah, he, so he wasn't. He was at Arena Cross uh, this night. We're not there. Uh, the Jacob Marsak Award for the rider that did the best that you have no uh, memory of in honor of Jacob Marsak, who scored a uh, third at Daytona in the mud. Um, hmm. Oh, I, I'm going. I don't know if this even is allowed to count, okay. but I'm going Langston winning the heat on a KTM 252 stroke. Uh, I do not remember that happening. I, I don't even know if Langston remembers that he – won a heat race on that bike. Yeah, you know what? It took Ricky crashing. It took Travis crashing. It took Fonseca stalling. Hey, <laughs> but he whatever. got no, no, no. But he got a heat. And I, if you would ask me before we started the show, hey, did Grant Langston ever win anything on a KTM 250 in Supercross? I would have said no, nothing, zero, zilch. He crashed every time. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah let's. Uh, that's a good one. I'll, I'll probably end up going with you on that. But how about? Kevin Johnson getting fifth. Now, Keith Johnson, his brother, pretty good supercrosser. Uh, I worked for him for a little bit, and Keith probably got a few fifths, uh, you know, in his time. But Kevin, the less heralded Johnson brother, getting fifth in 125 main event. I think that's pretty good. That might that might kind of qualify a little bit. Um, wow. Yeah, that is a good call. That right. might be his best. Uh, Keith uh, got 15th in the main this night in the 250 class. Um, but Kevin, I feel like that's a really good finish for Kevin. Kevin was more of an arena cross guy. Uh, eventually, when he went to arena cross by like 05 to maybe the next couple of years, uh, he was borderline. Like he didn't win the title, but he was as good as anybody. Like always, a title contender. Yep. KJ, uh, uh, I don't I, remember. Yeah, getting fifth oh, at Supercross. No, got a fourth at A three in O two, and then oh. literally not one, literally one other top ten finish. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, one. He eight. got a fourth and yep. a fifth. <laughs> <laughs> One other. Uh, so Kevin Johnson, everybody, in a hometown race, too, for, for KJ Jr. That's what we called him, KJ Jr. back then. Yeah, the roots of him and uh, Isaiah Johnson and, and even Ryan Clark, who or the Tedesco brothers, like so many oh, of these yeah. Albuquerque guys. Yeah. And, and this is the very earliest roots of star racing, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, good point. Like, like, does he get fifth on a star racing Yamaha? I bet you he did. Um, oh. I, I don't have a lot of conversations with Jason Anderson these days, but Weege, next time you do, okay, ask him about the New Mexico zone growing up. I mean, he's way younger, but yeah, d- d- does he remember any of that stuff? The only thing I remember at all was one time as it was starting to die down, like as those guys were getting older, I remember... Tedesco saying, they told me there's some kid who's really good now from New Mexico. And I was assuming that must have been Anderson <laughs> yeah. he's talking about. <laughs> right. That's all I got. That's all you got? All okay, got. all right. Yeah, yeah. I just That's wonder I if uh, young Jason Anderson was inspired by the Johnson brothers or 
the Tedesco Isaiah brothers. or Tedesco or, you know, or Ryan yeah. Clark or any of these guys. Yep. I don't know. But uh, yep. Hey, speaking of Ryan Clark, uh, okay, as you may have heard, Steve, some people like to take shots at our current television show and mm. production. Yeah, okay? Tell me more. When you watch these old races, uh, missing key passes, that is not new. Okay? <laughs> there are multiple times. Ryan Clark is running the live helmet cam, yes. which, hey, congratulations, 2003. You were able to produce a live helmet cam. We just cannot get it done in – you tell someone 18 years later that we will not have this dialed. But who, the guys are refusing it. The guys are refusing it. We have it dialed, correct? I, I, I'm not even sure at this okay. point. Okay. It, well, Phil, Phil, of course, had to run it a couple times. Right. Shocking. Barsha <laughs> and Pike uh, did not. Um, but 05 races, Carmichael's running it. How bad could it have been? He's the best guy, and he even he wrote for it. Anyway, uh, there's at least one time where they cut away from the to the helmet cam. And miss a pass for the lead? Can you imagine? I, I wish. Is Moto Talk still around? Can I find the archives? Yeah, I think what you can. What was the forum at that point when they miss a pass for the lead because they go to the live helmet cam? And then another time they go back to LaRocco. It's like a battle fourth and fifth, maybe. It's like LaRocco and Ernie or something like that. And then they miss another pass uh, for the lead. In fact, I don't think Ezra's pass gets caught live. They had to do it in a replay. I agree. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, yeah it's not live. Yeah, they they got they got to go back. You, next thing, I think you right. catch it just as he jumps by him or something. Yeah, it's not sort of the setup yeah. of it, right? Chad screws you'll, up you'll that hear, triple, right? Yeah, you'll hear Bailey saying like, "Wait a minute, Ezra Lusk has just taken the lead," and they're just showing a battle. Uh, so I just want to tell everybody, it's always like this is the worst thing I've ever seen ever, and I'm like, bro, it's the same as it's always been. You, Ezra sat there for 17 laps. So finally, I'm sure they were like, okay, we've had 15 laps of following these guys. Let's just show fourth and fifth. Let's just give these guys a little coverage. Maybe, oh, damn it, he passed <laughs> There's just no way to know. There's this no way the, to know. This is the race tech rant, everybody, on the, on the really re-raceables of, of, yes. of, of, of why I get. Yeah. We followed 15 straight minutes of following Reed and Lusk, and then we cut the camera away for 30 seconds, and then... Chad makes a mistake, and Ezra goes by. It's just – and I'm sure they probably were like, we got to get that helmet cam in. we got to get it in. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it usually came at the worst time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yep. No, hey, that's a solid point. Good job. You're right. Um, Thank you. Yeah. All right, Phoenix 03, what a night. Tim Ferry, third. No one will ever forget. Um, oh, yeah. Getting doused yep. in champagne. Randy Lawrence jumped. He still, when he goes to Phoenix, he never pays for a thing, right? No, still, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, he, he gets, uh, <laughs> if he goes to Bank One Ballpark to this day, he gets free potato skins at the, at the TGI Fridays up there. Oh, wow. Hey, this reminds me, just one of my favorite stories from that ballpark is when Randy Johnson would come and shoot <laughs> photos. The legendary big unit, the six foot ten major league hurler. Yeah. Right? Yep. Baseball pitcher. And our buddy Jimmy Holly <laughs> asking. Randy Johnson, hey man, you ever get out there and pitch every once in a while anymore? <laughs> and Randy's just like, no. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm retired from baseball. I don't pitch. <laughs> and Jim's like, but I'm I like, still ride. Right, right. So, hey, I, I got my Aunt Edna. I get her I get her a catcher's mitt and I just hum a 100, 100 mile per hour fastball <laughs> right into her. Like, who are you playing? Who are you playing catch with, Jim? Like, how, you know, Randy, who's, who's going to be a catcher for Randy? Like, he could literally uh, the- kill you. He could literally kill you. 
countless laughs, countless oh. laughs I've had. I just brought this up with my with my nephew like three days ago about like, yeah, honey, just grab a bat. Let's go in the backyard. I just want to pitch a little bit. <laughs> yes. and, and, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And, and if you're and left, Chip at, just couldn't understand it. Chip no, did not understand. No, he still he did not. He was he was he was upset that Randy was kind of a jerk about it. Well, uh, as we found out, I think Randy was known for being a jerk. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Randy's definitely a little prickly. Yes. The the Phoenix media, like Supercross, though, was an awesome idea. Like Randy had become like a, a photo guy, like a f- hobby photographer. So they'd give him a press pass, and he'd be roaming the infield shooting photos. And Supercross always thought that was really cool, that like one of the most famous athletes in uh, Diamondbacks you know, history was still there, just now shooting photos. And by the way, he beat the freaking Yankees and ended their World Series streak yeah. of three years. Thanks. And one of the worst games I've ever watched in my life. Thank you, Randy. But so he goes there and Supercross is like, hey, local media, how cool is this? We have one of your own, the, the greatest superstar in the history of your baseball team is shooting photos. And all those media guys are like, we hate him. <laughs> yeah, they were He's not, not cool. Right. He's always a dick to us. Yep. Yep. Yeah, funny. Um, yep. Yeah, I remember walking <laughs> on track walk one time. I'm like, is that Randy Johnson? Like somebody's like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, Okay, that's not somebody I thought I would see on track walk today. No, yeah, but he was an enthusiast, man. Yep. One time, Dirt Wheels magazine tested. He had a quad, and they tested Randy Johnson's quad. And the pictures of six foot ten Randy Johnson on a quad, amazing. Like, like the Rick Smiths photos. Oh the, yeah, the Rick Dunkin' Smith. Dutchman. <laughs> Love Rick. Rick Smith is an awesome guy. Have you ever talked to him? No, 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 no. Oh, dude, he raced. Yeah, Rick Smith's former NBA guy, seven three or something like that. He raced a whole season of GNCC. Really? The whole year? Yes. Yeah, whole year. And I remember one time in the early days of Facebook, I get a message from Rick Smits. I do. I'm like, what? <laughs> and it says, hey, Jason, my name is Rick Smits. I used to play in the NBA. I race GNCC now. I am Dutch, and we have a kid coming named Jeffrey Hurlings. He's going to be really good. You should look into it. Stop it. Really? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, Smith. hold on. Yeah. Rick Smith. The amateur, the, the amateur guru of Dutch, Dutch motocross. Wow. Yes. That's hilarious. The Dutchman saw the bullet coming. He saw it. <laughs> he, saw it. he was on it early. That's awesome. Oh, I don't, I don't think if you've ever told me that before. That's great. Rick Smith really? letting the world know early. Yes, about her was on the Jeffrey Hurley's tip. <laughs> oh man. Ah, oh, good stuff. Um Yep. Phoenix 03, man. Good good race. Congratulations to Yogi. What a what a what a great I mean, talking to him now, obviously, you realize that he's just like, yeah, you know, one of those things. But at the time it was cool. Um Bro, you learned something on every one of these shows. Do, like yeah. I I assumed, I'm sure you did too, once they spent the huge money on Carmichael, they were like, sorry, Yogi. Ricky Honda. Yeah. Ricky's our next guy. See ya. Yeah. But no, I, I never knew until we talked to him today that Honda wanted to keep Yogi and he chose to leave. I had no idea. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you didn't think that, right? No, no, no. I just figured, yeah, he had to go. Yep, absolutely. Um, good stuff. Well, uh, what a night. Who can forget it? Uh, Phoenix uh, 03. Liet re-raceables. Thanks to Blenzall, or Blenzall. Thanks to Maxis as well. And uh, Weege, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Uh, I just got a text back from our man, Grant Langston. Oh, I'm like, do you remember winning a heat race on the KTM 250? And he said, sweet. Good to know. <laughs> there we go. Fantastic. Yeah, it's he, coming back. Hey, that no, no, was, he just that, wrote, I think I remember that was he, RC on my ass at the finish line. Yes, he was. Okay. And it's G- coming back. I mean, that's 5k for probably GL right there, you know, Yeah. Uh, back yeah. then. So yep. yeah, yep. good job. Yep. Good for him. Uh, yep. <laughs> 
Fantastic. Good to uh, good to have that. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Recommend it to a friend. Subscribe to the show. Appreciate it. Thanks to Liet, for, uh, of course, for making these things happen along with the other guys. And uh, Yogi Lux, of course. Thank you, Yogi. Uh, thanks, Weege. See ya.